Triple M. Rush Hour. Hey guys, your favourite podcast is just seconds away, but what if you could listen to it without worrying about using data? Got an offer for you right now. Uh, if you go to ilovedata.com.au, you're going to get 50 gigs of data for only $59.95 a month. There's no contracts, there's no catches. It's ilovedata.com.au. Open that up on your browser now and let's get into the podcast. Tonight, grand final winner Mick Ennis is here. We'll get his take on the Des Hasler situation, which is about to come to a head. We'll hear Nick Kyrgios' explanation for his latest tanking effort. And finally, the Philip Hughes inquest approaches the finish line but not before more tension. Welcome to the Rush Welcome Hour. Welcome aboard for a Thursday. A bit of housekeeping before I introduce our special guest host. Tomorrow we'll be live from Canterbury. Uh, if, if it comes to a head, 4pm is apparently when Des faces the music, and uh, we'll talk about that later, but we'll be there live. So Canterbury fans, whatever happens, you will hear it live uh, between 6 and 7 tomorrow. Mick Ennis, hello to you. How are you, Dan? Great to be back, mate. You sound a bit dodgy, but you look fresh. <laughs> I've bounced back. I've bounced back from what was a, um, a very enjoyable but long, uh, not a lot of sleep, Week after, um, congratulations after, yeah, is in order. Congratulations, no, thank you. It was sensational. It was everything that I dreamed of. Everything that you see um, with the elation, emotion that guys have after grand finals. It was, it was all that and more. Especially knowing it was that was the end. Uh, and what's been great is that we haven't heard any. It's been you've been going nuts, but it's been well behaved. There only there was only the one time you disgraced yourself, Mick, and I thought <laughs> disgraced Cronulla and disgraced the game. <laughs> So here you are doing yeah. karaoke. Just let it let it go. Give me a chance. <laughs> they they think it's funny too. Oh, there we go. Oh, come on, that's only dogs can do that bit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> You're proud of that. <laughs> The acoustics aren't good, I'll give you that. No. <laughs> Come on, this is good. We're getting to the chorus, Mate, though. You're, you're dragging this out. This is painful for the listeners. Now, are you doing the Dylan version or the Gunners version? <laughs> oh, mate, oh, it, was, it was a version of not knowing anything other than the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. There we go. Your voice is still a little uh, dodgy. Mate, they carved me up. You know, I I got up and sung a few songs on the Tuesday night and had a bit of a laugh when we were were at a watering hole. And um, so they've carved me up on the Thursday night at the presentation and said, would you mind getting up and and having a sing as a laugh? I said, yeah, no worries. And and it turned out to be a a laugh is exactly what it was. (laughs) Because they put me up there singing a song that I I knew the chorus to and nothing else. Who took the video? I don't know. It's not our fault. No. It's whoever took the video. That's... I don't know. But it's, um, oh, mate, it was all part of the fun. It was gold. <laughs> I loved it. It was um, all part of what was a, yeah, it was a hilarious week. It was well, great. talk about the last week and a half because I'm sure it's been quite fun. And um, the game itself, which you haven't seen yet. Mate, I haven't seen it. I've seen snippets of it. You know, I've seen different things, you know, um, you know flash across the TV. But, you know, to be honest... Um, Damien Keogh, our, our chairman, um, CEO of Hoyts. We've spoken about actually trying to get all the boys together and their partners and, and putting it on the screen one night and sitting down and, That's and a watching it. Yeah, it is. It's going, to be, it's going to be a good night if we can... If I'll we do can it at the cinema. Yeah. 
That's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. So gold uh, class, I hope. I know Hoyts don't do the gold class; they do whatever their version is. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it'd be great. I'd love to do it, but yeah. And I didn't he on... promise you a trip to Vegas? No, I don't think it's. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think it's happening. I think it's. Mm. Um, yeah, I. You know, I think it's one of those things that happen in the in the emotion of it all. You know, a couple of teams had probably done it previously, but no, I think um, I think we had a um, obviously a wonderful celebration with our fans um, over that you know week after the grand final. But you know, I think it's you know everyone. I think you've run out of puff. Is what's happened? Yeah, you well, haven't they, got Vegas in you. <laughs> no, you're spot on. I don't. Uh, let's take a song. We've got some serious stuff to get to. What's going on with Des? You played at the club. You played under Des. I'd be interested in your take on the whole thing. Nick Kyrgios. The Curious Case of Nick. We'll get to that shortly. Benji has delivered an absolutely beautiful message. Uh, your mate will we'll replay. Well, not replay. We'll read what he said on Instagram, basically apologising to Dragons fans. Um, there's actually a, a class way to leave the Red V. Uh, and the latest today from the Philip Hughes inquest. It is the Rush Hour doing it here on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. Yes, it is the rush hour on a Thursday night. Uh, we are going through till, well, when all the other shows are finished in early December. So we're here for a little while. We won't have you on in the next couple of weeks because you're going away, Mick Ennis, but uh, uh, we might have you on before the uh, season's done, before the album season's done. That'd be good, mate. I uh, love it. So how have the celebrations been? That's a cliche question. I don't need the nitty-gritty of how many drinks you've put away, but how has the last week and a half been? Yeah, no, it's been... been Incredible, to be honest. I mean, obviously, you know, bringing the trophy back to Cronulla was like I've never seen. You know, I was a young boy when I remember in '97 when Newcastle uh, and I lived in Newcastle at the time when they, you know, brought that trophy back, and it was similar. You know, that that whole town, the Captain Cook Drive on on the Sunday afternoon as the bus went out through there, there was families out the front of their houses that had mm. made signs and kids waving flags and. You know, groups of people waiting at traffic lights for the bus to go through there. It was sensational. So to bring the, the trophy back to them was as, as good a moment, as warm a moment as you could imagine as a footy player. Hang um, on, what happens before then? So, so okay, the game ends at 9.30. Yeah. We see everything that happens on the field. Then you go back to the dressing room. Okay, now this is where we sort of lose contact with you. Yeah, sure. Uh, are there private moments there? Or, or, you know, everyone loves a winner. Is the room so full that you really don't have a chance to celebrate just with your teammates. Yeah, no, you, you don't really. I mean, there, there's a section there where we had uh, all our family and, and friends and I think some of the media were, were involved in that. And then, um, um, yeah, basically we, we stayed with our families there for a little while and then there was a family bus that took all them and then that was sort of the moment where all the players finally sort of came back together into the locker room and, um, yeah, the the trophy was sitting in the middle. The beers were were flowing and... And then it got to about 12.30. It was about 12 o'clock mm. when Flano and um, Steve Price and um, James Shepard, our coaching staff, said, we're going back out. And we went out and sat um, in, a, in a big circle in the middle of the stadium. Oh, yeah. There was no one there. It was superb. Yeah. It was a superb moment. And everyone just sort of spoke, had their say, and it was wonderful. And then obviously loaded onto the bus. What happens on the bus? Is it oh, the bus blaring was music? Is it spraying each other? And it was, yeah, mate, there was music going. And oh, it was just... It was the best vibe. Like it was just a, such a sense of accomplishment, and it, it just it, not one person in a bad mood, you know, like yeah. or questioning their game. Your your performance individually is totally out the window. What about the 18th and 9th? Like a Joseph Paulo, is he as excited as the rest of you? They were. I was, you know, they were terrific. Him and Luke Capewell, uh, Kurt, Kurt Capewell, Capewell, sorry, were were unbelievable there for the whole week. Um, you know, afterwards they were at all the. You know, dues that we went to, all the functions that we had, all the 
um, you know, all the times we were together, they were there and they were sensational. Same with Jesse Senelafeo, who'd played a bit with us, and uh, Farmanu Brown. Those boys are all there. It was it was tremendous. And you were telling me off here, it wasn't under, when was it? With, finally, it was just the players. Yeah. When 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 after all days of celebrating and fans and media and that's wonderful. But how long did it take before just the 17 or the 19 or 20 of you could actually just sit down, have a quiet beer and just enjoy it? Yeah, it was. I think it was the Tuesday afternoon. You know, about, um, about lunchtime on the Tuesday, Gal, you know, started ringing around and rallied everyone to meet at the club. And we all met there and and um, sort of made our way um, in, into a into town here. And, um, you know, just it was just the staff and the players. Players were together. Staff were at a separate place uh, through the afternoon. And then uh, we went there and met up with them and had a terrific couple yeah. of hours with them. Just it, as you said, you know, you got so much going on, pretty much from the minute that siren goes, whether it's presentations, lap of honours, going back to the club, all that stuff. And it was the it was the one moment that I really cherished, just having us all together, and it was nice. Now, was, what now? What's unique about your group is you're all not all, but a lot of you are older players with wives and kids. So I want you to reveal now <laughs> who was the first player. Who got called by the missus and said, "Okay, enough's enough. You got a family here, mate." Um, he, he says that he was crook, uh, but in the early hours uh, of Sun or Monday morning after the grand final, our, our skipper went missing in action for Gowan. a few hours. Yeah, he went home. Uh, oh, that's Callum. That's not he, sa- he said he was. He said he was crook. Oh. Um, Oh well, Which he did spend. He, hang on, he was yeah, in hospital, he did. so I'm I'm going to give him a little. <laughs> That's a pass, yeah, Mark. Yeah, possibly, you know. <laughs> but no, most of the boys actually, um, you know, from from talking to one of them, their their wives and partners said, you know what, this doesn't happen too often. So you know, you do what you need to do with your teammates and um and and enjoy it for what it is. And oh mate, I, I don't have the I don't have the tank that some of the other blokes have got. <laughs> <laughs> now this was Cronulla's game. If they had scored at the end, Ugh. I can't imagine a more devastating way to lose a grand final. Brisbane had a devastating way last year, the Broncos, but they didn't yeah. dominate that game the way you dominated this grand yeah, final. Or, and just, I, I don't know, just the sense of occasion, obviously having not won a premiership, the club, and, and leading the whole game, had, had we have lost that at the end. I mean, I know Chambers uh, scored there and they got back in front for a period there, but we hit back reasonably quick. Uh, as you said, mate, I, I I don't know where I'd be. Did you think they were going to score at the end? Yeah, I did, mate. I did. I went to tackle Vunavalu, and it was like hitting a telegraph pole. He went sort of straight through, and I just as I was falling to the ground, I had visions of him running around under the posts. And as I looked up off the ground, blokes were just scrambling everywhere. And somehow I made myself back into the defensive line, and then they threw someone threw a cutout pass to Ben Hampton. And he had to bend down and get it, and that just killed their momentum a bit. Yeah, but we we're all coming that hard across. They started to come back the other way, and I seen Smith fake the kick, and I thought, no, I know he's going to put in a kick here, and this is going to be Vunavalu or Corabetti come flying through here. So I tucked in behind, and then next thing I sort of filled back in the line, and Latelli made the tackle, and <laughs> it was just, mate, it was the best feeling ever seeing that ball go to ground and hearing, hearing Matty check and blow that whistle. It was, yeah, it was it was all time. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and when the Western Bulldogs won the day before... I just had this feeling that the the good luck story. Oh, oh had, that's they've got the had, can't happen yeah. again. <laughs> and it did, mate. It was it was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. It's good to hear you talk like that. Yeah, mate. I tell you the best moment out of it all. Everyone was having such a great time at the club. 
um, back at the league club, whether it was the our families, you know, the the players, uh, everyone was there together. But I, I just there were so many people wanting to talk about the game and and talk about how much it meant to them, and and that was wonderful. It was terrific. But it got to about sort of six thirty in the morning, and I'd had so many photos and had, and spoke to people about the game so much that I had this ring on my finger that I'd worked my whole life for, and it's all I ever dreamt of. And mm. I just grabbed my wife and I said. We've got to go home. I, I just need to sit on my veranda and just take this in for a couple of hours. And <laughs> yeah. so I, I literally at, at 6.30 in the morning sat on my veranda just with, with the ring on my hand just going, I, I can't believe it's ended like this. This is this is unbelievable. And and then those couple of hours were, were something that I just really treasure. This is the Rush Hour Triple M. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We did mention at the start of the show that we've been handed an incredible deal from Ovo Mobile. So if you switch to Ovo Data Sim, you're going to get 50 gig for $59.95 on 4G. And this is going to change how you enjoy listening to music, video, sport, all the stuff you do on your mobile device with nothing more than a new sim. And get this just for you for listening right now. Ovo will give you the first month at half price. Let's do some math. Let's work that out. A whole month to enjoy 50 gig on 4G for just $29.95, then $59.95 after that. So there's no contract and OVO will instantly upgrade your plan to any better offers they release as part of their more for fans promise. And with 50 gig, you can afford to catch up with us more often. Open your browser now and get on at ilovedata.com.au. 50 gig for $59.95 on 4G and then half price for the first month. I love data.com.au. Now let's get back to the show. What do you make of what's going on with Des Hasler? You played at the club, you played under him. You understand, I gather, some of the way the dynamics of the club work. What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously um, a rocky time for him, definitely, without a doubt. Um, I mean, for me, I just, you know, I think back then to just after I left, um, you know, where I think it was. Dave Riccio, um, you know, wrote a story where the Bulldogs had came out and said, you know, that they 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 wanted to win two grand finals by the time you know, 2019 rolled around. Um, they well, hang spoke, on, when did you leave? 2014. Uh, yeah, so, so just, two comps in five years. Yep. Um, well, that's absurd. They spoke about obviously being the best, you know, sporting club in Australia, which everyone is is aiming to do. League AFL, and they're up there. Let's yeah. be honest, they're, yeah, as no, a club, they've been up there for a long time. They're a big club. Uh, they wanted to finish in the top four in both the NRL and the NYC in both competitions every year. Um, you know, things like that, Dan. I, I think have you know obviously put a lot of pressure on the club. Um, you know, when you come out publicly and, and and make those statements, you know, then that sort of be, you you then become accountable to your members and your fans and everyone else in this game that it's at the moment is at its peak in terms of competitiveness and judgmental. Um, you know, everyone has an opinion, and when you don't. Uh, make the top four and, and don't don't win premierships. That leaves you open for these sorts of things. Look, I think obviously tomorrow is a really big day for the club. Uh, one thing I do know is uh, James Graham, uh, a good friend of mine. You know, Josh Reynolds, another good friend of mine. They love Des Hasler. They love him as a, as a coach. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Um, but as I said, it's a, obviously a really big day for, for a, um, for a big club and a, and a, and a, and a great football club. But the writing's on the wall. If Terry Lamb comes out as he did, I thought it was last year, but apparently it was this year. Steve Mortimer in the paper today, basically I'll quit if Des stays. Yeah. Look at some, this is now yeah. beyond, and a club like Canterbury loves its own. Yeah. 
in my, a, there's in an my, inevitability yeah. about this. Oh, without a doubt. Look, there's certainly this. Um, there's certainly there's this proud culture that, that that lives within the Bulldogs. You know, from the days right back from the Berries to the Peter Moore days, um, about family, about culture, about um, oh, in, the, even the physicality in terms of the way they played. Um, that uh, what's the, the the right way to probably put it is that. That, that they're so proud of that culture that, you know, when they brought in someone like theirs, um, that there was always, you know, that, that feeling of, um, you know, do they understand? Do they understand where we're from and what we're, you know, what we're about? And obviously when Des, you know, went straight to the grand final in 2012, those things aren't spoken about. But, no. you know, now in, in time when the amount of money that the year is being spent on, on the footballing department and, and the... Um, un- the the non-ability, I suppose, to achieve what they had said they were set- setting themselves out to do, ha- has led to this. But um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be certainly interesting to see how how it pans out tomorrow. Well, the meeting starts at four apparently tomorrow, so we'll be there. And you never know, it may whatever the result may fall in that window of when we're on air. Do you think, Dan, that now with those guys coming out, certainly you know Turvey and and obviously Barr and those guys um, that. Is, is Des the kind of guy, do you think, that, you know, if they sit down at that board meeting tomorrow and say, well, you can coach out again next year uh, and, and the remainder of your contract and we'll see how you go midway through the year to whether we give you an extension. To, to me, I, no. to, and the Des has that I know and the success no. that he's had, I, I don't think that... No, this is too toxic. Yeah, I... I, I can I, see tomorrow's meeting being basically Des, we've decided we can't go on. Des goes, okay, pay me my 1.2. Yep. And they'd say, okay, we'll do that, but you can't go anywhere for a year... But if you're willing to negotiate, we'll let you cut now. And that's where the negotiation is on how much is the payout, basically, so they can cut ties immediately. That would yeah, s- yeah. There's a, such an inevitability about this. Anyway, we're running late, so we've got to take a song. But, yes, we'll be there live tomorrow. This is the Rush Hour. Triple M. The Triple M. Rush Hour. Sports update. Tyler Wright is Australia's latest world sporting champion. Tyler winning her semi at the Roxy Pro in France. She lost the final, but it didn't matter. It was enough to clinch the title with one event to spare. And Mick, nothing in, in seems in surfing comes easily. We had Mick Fanning last year Can with I his give you, um, dramas. Give you a little scoop on Tyler Wright. Mm-hmm. That, uh, actually, Chris Heinington um, does a little bit with the Wright family in terms of um, conditioning, in terms of physical performance. So he's part of the success. He certainly is. Well, I was going to bring up the fact that she's had a year from hell because yes. brother Owen had an awful accident last year and has been slowly recovering yep. with a head injury. So uh, she's had that on her mind. Yeah. She's been close, but 22 years old and now a world champion. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, Chris, is he's, get, he's getting right into this side of things now. He's at the back end of his career. But um, he does a lot of stuff via Skype and different things uh, with Matt Wilkinson. Huh. Um, and I think uh, was doing a little bit with uh, Owen and, and maybe a little bit with Tyler as well. Yeah. Well done. Uh, and she's the eighth Aussie lady to be world surfing champion. Well, at least Dave Warner did well in the South African uh, series. He made 173 out of Australia's 296 as they went down by 31 runs to lose the series 5-0 against the Pro Tears. It was his second ton of the series. Uh, the Test Series here against the same team, the Pro Tears, starts three weeks today. It sounds like a, almost a, a common theme a little bit, doesn't it, at the moment where we seem to hear David Warner with big scores and then we don't seem to have a lot at the moment coming from, from anywhere else at, at the moment. Uh, it's certainly going to be a big summer for Australia's batting lineup because... Yeah, we mm. had some troubles there last year as well. Well, 
we desperately need Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood yeah. to be fit and firing for that first test. Hazelwood will be fine. I don't yeah. know about Stark. Stark's massive. Game three of the Netball Constellation Cup is on Saturday in Auckland. The series locked at 1-1 after the uh, Silver Ferns won last night. Why is this a four-test series? I understand they want to have equal games in Australia and New Zealand. What the hell happens if it's 2-2? And Greg Bird has been handed one of the all-time great golden handshakes. He's 32 and just scored a five-year deal with Catalans. Apparently three years playing, two years coaching for $2.7 million. Good, good, well <laughs> mate, done. Yeah, mate, that is one of the one of the. If that is true, it's one of the great deals. It's one. Of, I think they said it. I think the coaching role is with. He's trumped you. Uh, There's mate. you with your Fox Sports deal, thinking <laughs> how good have I done after retirement? <laughs> and this bloke, two point seven to live in the south of France for five years. Not bad. He Not must have. Imp- in all seriousness, when he had his year in exile in 09... must have played well. He must have impressed them yeah, as a bloke absolutely, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate, you, you see, he wears his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? You know, whether he's played Origin, Australia. The Titans, whoever he's played for, he's been, you know, he's been a tremendous player. So no doubt he'll give plenty to them. That is a sports update for ABL Thailand Bathroom Centre. Sash with the news update and what happened today at the Philip Hughes Inquiry. That's next. The Triple M Rush Hour. Triple M, the Rush Hour. When we do sports updates here for the ABL Thailand Bathroom Centre. Now uh, we're talking the Curios now, and I it was a wonderful description. Mick, I, I can't credit the person because I can't remember who said it, but I was reading something today and they compared him to Goodwill Hunting. In that tortured genius and just you can't get in this kid's head. And I thought that's actually a pretty yeah. accurate description because how does one explain a kid winning his third tournament of the year three days ago and then he turns up at Shanghai and tanks? And this is not a debatable one. This is not one where he just stopped returning serves because he was conserving energy. This is where he was bunting serves over the net like he was playing table tennis against a five-year-old, and even he didn't deny that he basically gave up on the match. Yeah, mate. For me, I basically I, I saw some highlights today on um, on obviously on Fox Sports News there, where they showed him a, a shot getting hit and him already walking, I think, towards his seat. Um, I, I don't know. It just it it's a really really interesting one. I mean, I, I just saw I watched his body language in the press conference today, and I just thought, as you said, he, he he's three days from winning a, a you know obviously a championship. Um, to be there then sitting there and, and basically just have that body language as a player like he, he to me he just looked like someone that um, there's something not that, right yeah there's something not right he looks like to me like he's had a rapid rise obviously as a young kid been an outstanding player and, and then filled it onto the scene um, and be he's got all this pressure obviously that he puts on himself as well that he just looks like mentally, he looks like he's he's struggling. I, it, that's how my yeah. read of his body language is, is that there's a wonderful tennis player there. Um, I, I don't know the people who are surrounding him, so I don't know whether I, I can't criticise them because... Well, his brother's a dickhead, and he's proven that on this station, that but, he's yeah. not, not a great influence. But for me, I, I think, you know, I think in modern sport, we've, we've gone so far down this path with social media and all those different aspects now and, and different angles of, of pressure that people take on themselves that Nick Kyrgios needs to surround himself with good people and he needs someone there for the, for these instances to help him mentally. He should be prepared for these situations. You know, like he's obviously got some big tournaments coming up in the near future and, and he's a chance of being competitive in those. But the way that he handled today... It, it, it gives you no confidence that you know he, he could possibly even turn up to those and, and perform. Yes, let's let's play this and then we'll come back off the back of this. So this is his explanation after uh, he tanked. Yeah, I mean it was just just tough. Um, 
obviously, you know, I played a lot of matches in a row. Um, physically tired, mentally tired, and I guess, you know, that's what I'm, I'm trying to work on, bringing, being able to be consistent every week, and I guess that's what's holding me back, you know, and just took the easy way out tonight, and obviously didn't show up at all. Do you not think that they, having paid money to come in and watch you, deserve perhaps a little better? I don't know him anything. Well, you are something. You're the. I'm. I'm what? I'm. I'm. World, what does that even mean? I'm good because I'm hitting. A, I'm good at hitting a tennis ball over the net. Like big deal. Like I don't owe him anything. Like it's my choice. If you don't like it, I don't ask you to come watch. Just leave. If you're so good at giving advice and so good at tennis, why don't you? Why? Why aren't you as good as me? Why aren't you on the tour? It's your choice. You want to buy a ticket? Come watch me. You know what? I'm unpredictable. It's your choice. I don't owe you anything. Doesn't affect how I sleep at night. Do you care at all about your opponent? I mean, you, you don't show him respect in that match? Yeah, I showed him plenty of respect. Mate, we're great, we're great mates off the field. Like, you have no idea what I deal with or, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with him. I'm nearly best friends with his brother. What are you talking about? So his defence mechanism is to lash back and that makes him sound like... Like he cares. No, the, the, I think that makes him sound like, well, I don't care. I've got better things to do in my life, but um, yeah. See, I'm that, worried yeah, about the kid. Yeah, I mean, me too, mate. And that's like everything that I take out of that as as a previous sportsman, you know, I I, I see it as every, a lot of negativity. And I, I see that he, he's putting, obviously, a, a lot of pressure on himself. And when he gets in these situations where he lets himself go like he does on the court then he has to front up and, and front the press like you do in tennis individually um, that he, he needs he needs some he needs some support he needs some people around him to be giving him some, some better advice but essentially mate he needs to also understand that this is what he's chose to do and there's some certain things that come with being a professional tennis player yeah if people and, pay their money it doesn't matter how tight you have to give your best and I know he says that that, that and you know it, it, that people don't have to come and watch him, but people love tennis and they like when he's playing good. That makes people want to go and watch him. So yep. then they spend their money that they they earn, and then all of a sudden he he misses a couple of shots early or something doesn't go his way or a linesman says the ball was out when it was in, and it just goes to rebel. And you know you look at blokes like Federer and you look at blokes like Djokovic that hold their nerve in those situations. Um, and mate, coming from me, we all handle things differently. But it's about getting back there and competing on what you can control and in the next in the next next point, I suppose, in tennis. And he seems to just let it snowball and get worse and worse and worse to the point where the game's a write-off. And then he gets there in, into the press conference afterwards and goes, "Well, you know, I, I wasn't there today. I've played a lot of games. I'm mentally fatigued. I'm physically fatigued." So he's putting up all these posts to 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 say why he handled that the way. Now, he there's did. something deeper, but there's something. There's something more to it than that, I'm, I'm sure, Dan. This is the Rush Hour Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour Sports Update. Ronda Rousey will finally return to the Octagon. She'll take part in UFC 207 uh, on December 30, more than a year after her loss in Melbourne. I thought she'd never fight again, Mick. Yeah, no, it's good to see her back. It's going to be a big... Uh, what's that, December? Is it December 30. December 30, yeah. But good time of year, too. Jake Trebojevic has been called up to the Kangaroo Squad to replace the injured Josh Papali. 
very quickly because we are out on time. Do you give the Kiwis a good shot on Saturday night? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I really good do. Forward that pack. forward pack's incredible. Uh, Wanderer skipper Nikolai Topol Stanley is to be released so he can pursue a career overseas. That's uh, interesting timing. Yeah, it was really surprising. Came out about midday today. It was really interesting. After one round. And Rod Marsh has announced he'll quit as chairman of Australian selectors when his contract is up in June. That is a sports update for ABL Thailand Bathroom Centres. Now, let me get to this. This is uh, Benji Marshall who really has been the face of, and unfortunately the face of the Dragons' poor couple of years, or certainly poor year. It's not, not all his fault, that's for sure. In the Instagram today, what an honour it has been to wear the jersey of such a great club, Red V. Just want to say thank you to the club, coaching staff, sponsors, and more importantly the fans for giving me the opportunity and lifeline to come back and play this great game. Uh, I am personally sorry for the results on the field this year and the part I played in that, but I'm glad I could be part of last year's team in making the finals for the first time in four years. And on it goes, and he talks about a couple of players. But that's a class act, Benji Marshall, for apologising. I'm not sure he needed to apologise. Yeah, no, I thought it was really classy. Dan, um, I, I just think, you know, it's a, it's, it's a tough time for Benji, but I think throughout the year and throughout the contract situation he's fronted up on Fox where um, he's fronted up wherever he's needed to and been honest yeah. about where his contract situation's at uh, at the moment there's, there's obviously nothing there for him but to be able to come out and handle that today with uh, with the class that he has I think um, you know I think the Dragons fans will, will be really he's happy much, to see that not that he was arrogant but he's certainly humble now isn't he well I think I think and probably in an in extent to myself as well I think the, our opportunity that, that Fox gave us um, has certainly given us an opportunity to show people a, a different side of you or, or the real you at times um, rather than just the person that, that's on the footy field that gets taken for what you see. Um, so, yeah, and I think, as I said before, I think he's handled it with all class and I think he's spot on. I think people have seen a real... He, came, he wrote a book about seven or eight years ago where he was at the height and he came in to do an interview and we were blown away by what a humble bloke he was. And he sort of hadn't hit hit the hurdles at that point, but he just seemed like a good bloke. Uh, so we wish Benji all the best, and um, and I hopefully he can yeah, get a club somewhere yeah. before before the curtain comes down. We are just about done. Uh, tomorrow we will be at Canterbury. Sterlo will be on, uh, and we'll be live from Canterbury, where Des Hasler's fate uh, may be sealed. So uh, if something happens during the show, you'll certainly hear about it uh, right here. Thank you, Mick. No, thanks for having me, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy your holiday, and we'll ha- ca- catch up with you in a couple of weeks. Ugly Phil after this. The Triple M Rush Hour.